All right, everybody. This is episode 33 of Capture the Conversation with Kevin Gilcrest. And as always, I am Kevin Gilcrest. And I have really been wanting to have this guest on since I started the show. And you guys will see why as, uh, as you hear him speak. But we always end up having really great conversations. Uh, Amir Syed, who is the SVP of uh, Mortgage Lending and the branch manager of a team over at Guaranteed Rate, he is the lender that I always recommend uh, to my clients, and he's the lender that I use on my own personal properties. And and as you, you'll hear, like that's how that's how we ended up meeting a few years back when I uh, wanted to buy my first investment. Um, he was recommended to me by my friend Ryan, who's also been on the show before. Um, but yeah, man, Amir's just he's so good at like just articulating articulating uh, gratitude and success and. Um, I just always learn something from the guy every time we're on the phone, and he even takes it uh, upon himself to call me uh, on a weekly basis just to, to coach me and uh, just see how the business is going and encourage me. As you'll, as, again, you'll hear him uh, right off the bat. He's just an amazing, encouraging guy. So I, I'm I'm real excited for you guys to listen to this. And then I also wanted to notate we bring up uh, a guy. Uh, who I work with and have become friends with, and then he's really great friends with Amir. He's also been on the show before. He was on the episode um, with the Elite Six event that I did uh, a few episodes back. Uh, Tommy Choi, who is uh, not only, he actually just became, he was inducted to uh, become, and it started, I think, October 1st, uh, the Chicago Association of uh, Realtors. He's the president, uh, which is a huge deal. Uh, he's also the um, the co-founder of Keller Williams Chicago Lincoln Park, uh, the brokerage that uh, Gilchrist Realty Group, my my team, is partnered with. Uh, and then he also runs his own team. But I just wanted to clarify because, you know, you start talking to people that you know and you have mutual friends or colleagues, and, and we bring him up quite a bit. Uh, but you guys don't know who Tommy Choi is, or at least some of you who will be listening. So, again, I wanted to clarify that point. And please enjoy episode 33 with Amir Syed. Dude, you know, I think... When I think Amir Syed, I I don't know. I feel as if you, you pop into my head at least uh, twice within a two hour span. So I guess once an hour, like you're just uh, you're just you're just the man, dude. Like I I, I don't know. Like I, we we met we met what two years ago? I think it was January of uh, yeah, it must have been January of 2016. I think 2017. Um, and I was I don't know something. I, I just was I was planning on buying a place that summer. Um, but my, my friend Ryan, our mutual friend who has been on the show a few times, um, he was like, dude, just go meet with Amir and, and just talk to him because at least you can get that plan. Uh, yeah, I mean, so what we tell everybody, like, and it's true, like get the plan ahead of time. So that way, you know, your finances and you're, you're not like in a rush. Um, and I just happened to meet with you in a, a January and, and I ended up buying in March because there was such a good program going on. And that's the benefit of meeting with, with someone like you, but we just, we connected, uh, it wasn't just like going to a bank or going to a mortgage lender and just getting information. We connected on a level because uh, we both have the same interests in terms of like uh, audiobooks, in terms of just motivational content. And I, dude, I just I just love talking to you. Like in in, in, ter- in terms of all of that, I mean, like Tim Ferriss, all all of those different authors. Like it, that that is what gets me really like really ramped up. And uh, I've found a really like deep friendship with you on that stuff. I love you, man. You know, you're. I when I first met you, I said, "This guy's going to be a billionaire." You know, you just you have. I tell you this all the time, and I just think there's something bigger for you in the future. I don't think it's going to be real estate. I think you'll do very well in it. But you just even doing this podcast and just your presence, your you always have a smile on your face, which is very important. Because um, as humans, we you know we make very quick 
you know, perceptions on people and the smile it goes a very long way. You're, you know, you're tall, you're physically very gifted, which sounds kind of goofy, but it, it goes a long way, but you're, you are just very approachable and you're even your voice. Like you're, you're doing this podcast and you know, you're going to go on this journey KG. And I think, and I, I'm going to look back in this in 10, 15 years when you're really big and I'm going to say, I can't believe I was in this guy's podcast, man. You're just, you have a giver's mindset. You know, in life, there's givers, matchers, takers. A lot of people will just give to give. A lot of people will just match. You give me, I give you. And a lot of people are takers that are disguised as, as givers. And that's from Adam Grant's book, Give and Take. But you are a giver, you know, and you have something bigger in life for you. You're just bigger, larger in life. So I, I'm just, dude, I love you, man. I'm, I'm very excited to just be on this podcast with you. Dude, you always it's about to go triple platinum, man. Like a Fifty Cent album, man. Dude, every time, yeah, it's funny that Fifty Cent's got a triple platinum album. You know, to where I think he he went bankrupt recently too, right? And he turned it around, and that's a that's a cool thing that people need. People always need to pay attention to, um, you know, the one percent. Like everyone always talks about the one percent too, and it's like, look, these people go some of some of the times. Like Grant Cardone will talk about how he is willing to go broke every year because he's always pumping money into real estate and then it bumps back up. Like it's like you have to be willing to take on that debt, go broke, like do these different things as long as you're doing it in the non Allen Iverson way. Um, right. You know, uh, it, it, it you you just have to you have to, and that's a, that could be a completely different conversation. But it's one thing that I'm learning that you use money as a tool. Um, it's it's leverage. It's not necessarily like how much money do I have in my bank account. It's like how much money do I have to work for me to build different things. But um, dude, you're always so nice. Like every, every time we talk on the phone, you're always awesome about saying that kind of stuff. And it's I can't say humbled because Tommy Choi dumped, uh, jumped down my throat when I said humble because uh, he said <laughs> you don't you yeah, don't he use hates the, that word. He you hates know? that word. Uh, but it, but it, it is though. I mean, it, I am I am kind of like humbled by it because I don't. You know, I'm I'm still up and coming in terms of what. I mean, you say that I'm going to do big things, and I I do have that belief in myself that I will do something. But when you're up and coming, it's like you, you almost are like shit. Like if like someone like Amir is saying that, like I hope I live up to it. Well, I think, oh, man, you know, you're what I what I respect about you is that you burned your ships. You know, there's the old, um, I'll, I'll, whoever's listening to this can just Google this, because I, I can get very specific where that saying came from. Sure. Um, but you know, you basically have burned your ships. I know about your story. You have really gone all in. You uh, sold your condo to keep funding your you know, new business and uh, you know, endeavor into real estate. You're all in, you're gonna do whatever it takes, you know, in, in spirit of Grant Cardone, you know, WIT, whatever it takes to be successful in this business. And what I love about you is see, I'm a, Tommy Choi is an immigrant. I am a true immigrant. I was not born here. And, you know, in this t day and age, you know, President Trump is in the White House and there's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of negativity. And I, from an immigrant's perspective, I will always be an immigrant because that's just, it is what it is. I can't change my past, but my mindset, this country is an amazing country, man. People right now are taking things for granted. They're not realizing that you can go and launch your own business and just sacrifice things and you can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of impact. And there's so much opportunity. It is impossible to go broke in this country. Like I joke right. around with my wife and we see homeless guys. I literally on the corner of Milwaukee and Armitage saw a guy wearing Air Jordans who was homeless. I'm talking like Air Jordan the 11s, one of my favorite pairs. And we were dying of laughter. I couldn't even 
pull out my camera phone in time to take a picture of this guy. We joke around. We're like, homeless people probably make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year staying on the corner. This is an amazing country, right? Like, you if you just work hard and you save your money, you can open up a business no matter who you are, what your education level is. You have an immigrant mindset. Some people that will listen to this will have no idea what I'm talking about and it will never click for them. Well, I mean, Some people that listen to this will. The immigrant mindset is I'm going to do whatever it takes to succeed and what I'm going in, I'm not going to make any excuses and I'm going to lead with a very positive, enthusiastic mindset. That is you, Kevin. That's why I, I'm, very, I'm a very big fan of yours because you work like an immigrant. You know? Well, I appreciate that, man. And 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 what's funny about that is like you know the Gary v, like Gary V. You know who Gary V. Is and like Grant, Grant Cardone. Yeah. And like I had said at the beginning, we connect you know with those with those people uh, and just that content. And um, one thing Gary V. Would say is you know our society is way too fancy. They're not willing to do what it takes to actually build something. You know, a lot of people will say. Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to build this business, and then they get into it and they realize a year in like you're not going to make the money that you thought you were in a year. Like, and then when it comes down to it and you're running out of money, it's like, uh, they end up going and they go off and get other jobs, which, you know what? That's actually fine because that just means they really didn't want it. And, and people, you know, find their own level of happiness in different avenues. But, um, me and, and I was talking about our, our mutual friend, Ryan, we both are just signing up for Uber and Lyft because we're both agents and we're both in a market that's, you know, right now we all know the market is shifting and, and things are a little bit slow and we're both in our first few years of doing it and and when you're first starting a business things are up and down and sometimes you have the plan i like to think of it as a plane okay so i have this rack rickety plane you know a small one not like an airline or anything like united like uh you know small rickety plane that i've been getting off the ground and it feels like oh my god i'm up in the air i'm going i'm going i'm going and then all of a sudden the engines start to die and the plane starts to go down and you're like holy shit what am i going to do what am i going to do and it starts to crash and then and then you hit the ground and then it starts to go back up and you just go back and then it hits the ground again and it goes and it goes and it goes and I was at a point um and I don't want to make this about me but I was just you know just to to tie into what you were saying uh I was at a point where a few weeks ago I'm looking at my my bank account and I'm 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 under contract in my place but I'm like what if it doesn't go through and I'm in that point where I'm freaking out and I'm talking to my dad and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do I love doing real estate I love the podcast I can't like I don't want to get another sales job because I know if I get another sales job that I'm just going to waste their time to route back to real estate um, and I, I dude I could not bring myself to even go on Glassdoor or go on any job site and look at jobs and I just had this like come to Jesus moment where I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I love doing. I have never felt more comfortable in my life than being a entrepreneur, being an agent, being a 1099 person, like just having that mentality. I will do part-time work around real estate to make real estate and the podcast work. And so that's why we signed up for Uber. You know, I never thought I was going to drive people around in a car. And like Gary V says, we're 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 all so fancy in this society. I I thought about doing Uber six months ago, and it took me six months to sign up because I'm like, I don't want to fucking drive people around. Um, but how fortunate, how fortunate are we that we have the ability to just go to an Uber hub and say, Hey, I, I own a car, I have a license, I'm not a shithead. Uh, can I drive people? And they go, Yeah, you can probably make about fifteen to twenty dollars an hour doing it, and in, uh, in the peak times, like, I'm so lucky to have the ability to do this 
to where I don't have to answer to anybody and drive at night, you know, to make my my business come true. And so it's like, look, to me, that was a freeing moment because now I know I'm never going to fail at this because I'm willing to do things like that. If I have to bar back, if I have to do anything else, I don't care because I believe in my, I have a big, big belief in what I'm going for. They call it the big why, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it was, that was a freeing moment for me. And so it's like, man, I just, I just try to approach things now to where it's like I approach things and you taught me this too. approach things with gratitude. Always bring gratitude to your clients or the people that you meet. Um, can you talk about how you how you came across that mentality yourself of just approaching everything with gratitude and grace and, 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 and just being yeah, just being grateful for, for what you have and who you're who you're talking to? Yes, uh, I think it's a lot of my upbringing, uh, and I keep going back to the immigrant principle. Principality is that, you know, just my parents. You know, my mom couldn't get a job at McDonald's when we immigrated here. My dad was a shoe salesman making three dollars and seventy-five cents at Kohl's. Um, I think it's a lot of just traveling. Um, I love to travel, and I uh, have seen how lucky and fortunate we are in you know in the United States of America. And I just, I just feel like having that type of upbringing and being able to gain those ex- experiences has allowed me to see how fortunate we are. Um, and there is times where, you know, like I'll get a paper cut and it'll be stinging me. And I'm like, gosh, like I took my finger for granted. Like this little paper cut is driving me crazy. And imagine if I didn't have this finger, you know, like I, I'm just, I've trained my mind from everything that I just you know mentioned to realize that I am very fortunate. We are all very fortunate that like I have my legs, I have my arms, like I have a car, like like we we just we just have to train our mind to be able to like be aware of those things at all times. And so it comes from just awareness that I am really fortunate. And what happens is, you know, there's a there's a lot of these things become cliché cheesy things like Gratitude is attitude, but it's very true. Like, you know, you, you talked about Tommy Choi, who's one of my closest friends. You know, he leads with a lot of gratitude. Gratitude makes a person look better. It brings health to their appearance because what our thoughts are is what our actions are. And, you know, I can look at a man a mile away and I know if he's very stressed out just by his physical appearance because what's going on in his mind. You know, what we put in our mind, what we eat, you know, it's very important to how we go about doing our things. And again, some people are going to listen to this, this guy's, this, what is this guy talking about? But I know that's the truth, you know, because I was taught that by very, very successful people, not just financially successful people, but just people that are successful, like through their health and their families, you know, gratitude is such an important vitamin in our mind. And any moment in time that we stop losing, we, we lose our gratitude. What happens is it's a cancer. You know, it, that it's, there's nothing different than that when actually having cancer because what happens is the quality of our relationships starts to die down. You know, when we don't stop and think like, damn, like, I'm really grateful for my job. Like, I'm really grateful for this person that I'm in a relationship with. Like, I'm really grateful for this food. Like, I'm really grateful that I can just click a button and have someone come pick me up in an Uber. Like, I'm really grateful that I can go to a Bulls game tonight you know, where my parents barely, if we dropped $30 for a Bulls game back in the 90s, like that was crazy. Like, I'm really grateful I can do these things. I'm really grateful that I don't got to like dodge bullets. I'm really grateful. Like, it's just, if you think about these things, 
it allows us to even be more enthusiastic in what we do and that's attractive. People will get attracted to us and every business, it's a people business. So it's a very powerful thing that people have to practice and it could start with writing things down. You know, it, it could start with, you know, being around a lot of people that are really grateful. Like you're a grateful type dude. Like Tommy Choi is a grateful type dude. We have to be around guys like that and people like that because it's a great anecdote to depression and it's a great anecdote to, you know, times where we don't really believe in what we're doing. And at the end of the day, we're like, man, like I'm really grateful to have these opportunities when other countries and other people don't have that, you know? So right. Those are my thoughts. Right. And, you know, you, you, you said you come from, you know, you're actually an immigrant. You were not born in the United States. And I want to touch no. on that. Um, but, you know, I, I was born in the United States. Um, you know, I'm 29 years old. Uh, and I have not always been a grateful person. I, 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 for the long, for maybe till about 26 years old, um, if things weren't going my way, if there was a job that I had, which I was very fortunate. Like I, I, you know, I wasn't, it's not like I had parents that funded college. Like I paid for half of my college. My, I was fortunate enough to have parents who were able to help me. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to get a good sales job with a large corporation. We'll call it the phone company because I just don't, you know, obviously don't want to, don't want don't want to talk give the exact name. But uh, I was working for the phone sure. company, and I thought I was all set um, when I first got there. And then when I, when I was there, and I was making, I mean, for for a for a twenty something year old kid, Amir, I was making close to six figures, you know. And so I developed some lazy habits, but I also would complain all the time because I didn't like working for anybody, but looking back on it it's like holy shit kev like you know the 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 uh, you know what you were what you were able to do and what you were able to get into and, and the amount of money you were making at the time like there was no reason why you should be complaining like if you if you had an issue then quit and i eventually learned that but it's like don't complain just quit because like you said we are in a world to where there is no reason why you can't do your own thing and make your own money as long as you have the drive um being the fact that you were uh, or you are an immigrant, you were not born here. Did you always have that sense of gratitude because you saw your parents struggle, uh, because you saw the struggle growing up? Like, talk to me about, like, your... Just talk to me about the story of Amir. Yeah, uh, thank you. I, well, I I think it's my parents, you know. I just think sometimes a lot of the gratitude comes from our upbringing and, you know, our parents, you know, and I think you know, I, my story really quick is, I'll do it as the quickest version as possible. I was born in Iran. I'm Iranian-American, so I'm Persian. Um, came here when I was five years old. Uh, my parents moved to San Francisco because they had a friend, a cousin there. Couldn't make it, too expensive. They came to Chicago, they had another family member. Uh, my dad, as I mentioned, uh, you know, got a job as a shoe salesman making 375. My mom couldn't get a job at McDonald's. And, you know, I was the only child at the time and English was my second language. and. You know, we moved around a little bit. We were in Chicago. I got in a lot of trouble. Um, kids would pick on me because I didn't speak English, but I uh, was a really good athlete, and so sports is a, is a great way to make friends. Um, we moved to Skokie, um, which is a suburb of Chicago. Uh, got affiliated with a lot of bad kids. Um, got into a lot of trouble, um, and my mom is like, listen, these kids got to be around a lot of other good kids for them to change. So either we're going to send them to military school or we're going to move. And so they moved to Wilmette, which is a really upscale, you know, suburb, um, very affluent. We were living in a small three-bedroom, two-bath house, $290,000 they bought it for. And, you know, it was hard. Socioeconomically, it was a lot of pressure. These kids were flying to Aspen. 
they had little Dodge Vipers. Like, I'm just like, this is crazy. What kind of school is this? But you know what? I would get into about a fight a week at my old school. I, I saw one fight in four years at the school. And what that taught me is really the people we surround ourselves, it, it, we become the people we surround ourselves with, you know? And so I just turned around. Um, I met my best friend, Danny, who brought me to church, met some really good Christian people that just loved me for who I was. Um, and I just, you know, just turned it around and, you know, I barely graduated high school at a 1.9 GPA. I really hate school to this day. When the fall comes around in August, September ish, I get very depressed. I get seasonal depression because I just hated school so much. Um, and that's another subject. You know, I, you know, I think some other people can agree that our school system is just, it, it's not oh. fit for all types of learning modalities. It's not. You know? And no, I, I can't sit in the classroom and just listen. Like I'm a reader and I like to do things, you know, and, be very active with myself. So I just did really bad in school. I got like a 19 on my ACT, but I was always very, I had high emotional intelligence. I always worked. My dad became a car dealer, had a car dealership in Wrigleyville um, that did very well. My people would come from Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin to buy cars from my dad. He was, the, he is and was the best car salesman I've ever met. Like if you bought a car from him and your transmission died a year later, he'd take it back. He'd say, don't worry, take this car. Like just seeing that, are so you I was kidding at work me? Every Saturday, kids were out doing whatever they were doing. He'd wake me up at 8 a.m. I'd be in the car. I'd go to the car dealership. So I started off at about 14. I was a porter. I would wash and detail cars. And I was very obsessed. I've been obsessed since I was a kid. My mom is like this with just excellence. I would take a toothbrush. I would clean all the rims. I would go in the car. I would really detail the living crap out of the car. And any car I touched would sell. You know, I just took a lot of pride in that. And then I became you know, a runner, I would go to banks and I would pick up the checks from the cars that we would finance through these banks. Then I became a salesman. Then my dad started buying apartment buildings and, you know, I would go in Logan Square, which is a, a really hip area in Chicago now. You know, we are in 2018, but back in the late 90s, that area was full of game bangers. And I would get dropped off at the first building and I would vacuum the hallways and then I would mop the floors and then I would windex the windows and I would go to the next hallway and then they come pick me up around six, seven o'clock. I go back to the dealership. So I was a janitor, but you know, I would vacuum those carpets. Like you have no, I have no idea, Kevin, like I would vacuum them and I would always say, I want people to come into this apartment building because this is where they live. They have their families and I know they're paying this, their rent to us. I want them. I don't want to half-ass this job. Right. I would sweat in those hallways because there was no AC or heat in the hallways. And I would get every corner and I'd say, I know that maybe they come home and they'll be really happy. And if the hallways are good, they'll take care of their apartments because it's a, it's a mo momentum that happens when people are around good things. And I said, if they don't notice it, I know God notices it. And I know I'm doing excellence. And so it was just a habit I created at a very young age. My mom would do my homework with me and she would always say, Amir, write legibly, you know, like here's colored pencils, like do your homework as the highest level you can because it shows that you're engaged. And so my dad was amazing. He really gave me a lot of confidence and that's why I love internships. You know, I get some of these kids, they have no idea. They're so scared of money. They're so scared to like talk to adults. They're so scared to like handle problems, but my dad being a small business owner, I was around a lot of grownups. I was around a lot of people in Chicago. I was, became a car salesperson. I was going to car auctions and you know, I'm so grateful for my dad because he gave me so much confidence to be in those interactions. 
you know, some of my fondest memories were we would collect rent or we would have people come buy cars in cash and we would be driving home and I'd be sitting in the front seat and he would say, count this money. And I would count 100, 200, 300. I was, I would be counting two, three, four thousand $4,000 as a young kid. So when I became a professional, I dropped out of college and I got into business. I was 10, 20 years ahead because I was not intimidated by being around rejection, being around money, being around adults. I had gotten that street education. And so, you know, I feel like immigrants, like they just throw their kids. There's an old saying that I always say, you know, is like throw the kid in the pool, let them just, just survive. We, we do so much to pamper our young kids these age. Like they gotta get out there and you know, I'll never forget when I was 16, I went to Austin Bank off of 290 in Austin Boulevard. I can't remember the bank's name, but people would get financing from us and the banks would basically pay us because we were broker of their car financing. And I had a, I had a, just a beater Chevy Beretta. It was white. Everyone on this, anyone that's listening to this podcast that's over the age of 35 remembers a Chevy Beretta it was a beater, man. And I was in, it was a 94, it was like 150,000 miles. I'm driving and there was no cell phones back then. And I got lost. There was no internet, there was no MapQuest, none of that. And I remember I dialed 773-549-3100. It was my dad's dealership number. And the salesman's got on the phone, I'm like, is my dad there? They're like, what do you need of me? I'm like, I need to talk to my dad, I'm lost. He gave the phone to my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm at this gas station. I don't know where this bank is and I'll never forget what my dad said. He goes, grow the fuck up. Don't ever call me again, find your fucking ways. And he banged the phone down. Oh man, I love that. And I literally was so fucking infuriated, sad, depressed all at the same time and I thought, he's right. So I found my way, I went to the gas station attendant. I pulled over, I asked the bus driver. I found my way and I got the check. I found out how to be resourceful. And in business, I don't care if it's during Jesus times, 20,000, 2,000 years ago, excuse me, or it's a thousand years from now. I want young people to remember this is that if you want to be really successful, there's two or three things. And I hope that I'll get to touch on the other second and third thing. But the one out of those three things is you got to be super resourceful, right? You got to find your ways. Like you are going to be an Uber driver. You're going to find your ways. You're not going to call your dad and say, will you borrow me money? Or you're not gonna sit there and just be all disgruntled about how things are not going your way. You have to find your way. And it's easy in this country. It's almost impossible to fail. And when you decide so, to do that, that's that free moment though, right? Because you do have that mentality of like, you you probably don't, but I, I was almost like, you know, my, my dad did offer me money and I told him no. Um, because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want that. And like, you've taught me better than that. And I know I can be resourceful and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But like, there was that men, there was that thing in the back of my head, like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then when you decide to actually take action on doing it, you know, and, 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 and driving people around, it's such a freeing thing because it's like, it's not as bad as you think it is. Like, and also you feel proud of yourself for like, yeah, I can, I can make this shit work. No doubt, man. I think. Yes, um, and it's, if, if you need to take money from your parents, it is what it is. They're family, they're there to support you. There's difference between being stubborn and being, you know, just like, I need, you need help. Like everyone needs help and this is what your family is there. You'll do it for your kids one day, you know, but I think ultimately it's, you're doing everything you can. If you didn't go drive an Uber, 
like you don't deserve that money. You're sacrificing, you know? So for you to do that, it shows that I'm gonna do whatever it takes, like spot me, dad, like I need just a little bit of help and you'll get through that. So there's there's um, disclaimers around getting financial help from people, but you know, I think all kids when they're in high school, you know, their parents should just push them a little bit, you know, and have them go fend for themselves and have them work, work at a grocery store, you know, like work for free when you're in high school, work for free when you're in college. Like, I really love Puff Daddy. I know this is like a funny thing for me to say, but he's almost a billionaire and you know, minus whatever else he's got going on. Like, if you hear his story, like the guy would go to, I think he was at Howard University and he would take a four hour train ride to New York and work for Uptown Records. And he's like, I'll work for free, man. Like, I'll never forget when I had my first interview, I dropped out of college. Like I wanted that job in the mortgage business and I had no idea how to even spell mortgage. But you know, how I was getting paid for my dad is I would go to the laundry machines in those apartment buildings and he said, this is your allowance. Here's the keys, you go once a month, you could take all the quarters and that's what's how you're gonna survive because you live at home, you have no bills. So I would go and I had this interview lined up, Kevin. I'm like, Puff Daddy work for free? Like I live at home, like my mom does my laundry, like there's food set up for me every night, my car's paid for, like, I'm really privileged right now. Like I'm not worried about getting a 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 dollar salary. Like I just want the opportunity. Someone needs to put me on. And I went, I got all these coins. I went to KNG. I bought a $300 Calvin Klein suit or DKNY suit. I bought this really tacky neon blue, like nightclub shirt. I had no idea why I was wearing that. You were wearing it because you wanted to look like Puff Daddy. I want to be like Puff Daddy. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, this looks cool. You know? And I bought some Kenneth Cole shoes. And I call my this my future boss, you know, I'll give him a shout out, Kevin Taylor, like 25 years old. I said, hey, I have an interview with you on Friday. I really want this job. Like, I know it's lunchtime. Can I bring you some lunch? He was like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, I've already eaten by one o'clock. I'm like, I really, really insist. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm like, no, please. He's like, it's fine. I'm like, no. I go, if I know if I bring this guy lunch, it'll make an impact. And this is my second tip for young people or anyone that's going to listen to this is, you know, the wow factor, right? So I went to Nuna Kebab, which is my favorite Persian restaurant. I bought like freaking six platters of shish kebab. I got in my car. I'm super all like in my my car. I'm going to Schaumburg. I show up for the interview. I pull in. I open the door and everyone looks at me like, and I thought it was going to be like a 20,000 square foot office. It was like 500 square feet of these guys like grinding in the mortgage business. And I had these three platters of food wrapped in plastic and they all are like who is this kid they're just going through the food like hyenas my boss is eating with me my future boss and he's like you got the job kid like wow so he said wow what i learned at that time is anybody you meet with if you're a realtor listening to this your clients should say wow when they're done meeting with you like he's my realtor if you meet with you know someone that's a business partner they should say wow He's gonna make me money. That three letter word, W-O-W, if you can get people to say that genuinely, that means you've gone above and beyond. You could say, you can have people say, wow, that's what separates you from the competition and so many doors will open up. Well, that's- you know? And that, I think you wow me, Kevin. I, I Like you said, you're gonna drive for Uber. The first thing I said is, wow, this guy really is sacrificing. Well, that word is so powerful in this country, man. Well, it is, and and the thing like you were mentioning before, it's like you can ask your yeah, you can go ask your parents for money, but it's like, I love the fact that your dad told you, hey, 
shut up like no like figure it out because if i took money from my from which obviously my dad's gonna offer me money like you know my parents would have my mom does too like they would of course they're going to to do that because they're they're worried about you and they want you to be successful if they have it you know not everyone has the fort you know not everyone's fortunate enough to have parents that are at least willing to to do that um but if you have something like like Uber is so easy for everyone to do as long as you have a license and don't have a poor driving record that it's rubbing it like it's it's such an easy th- it's not something you know that why people, most people don't do that they're in your position why do you think because they're too fancy like Gary like Gary V says what they, does they, that mean, be, what does that mean they think they're better than everybody else they think that they, they, it's something that they're like it's beneath them and in the mind. Yeah. And that's 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 the way that dude. I'm even guilty of it. I'm like, I don't want to fucking drive a cab. Like, I went to college. Like, I have a college degree. Like, that was in my mind for the first six months before I decided. Like, no, you know how fortunate I am to have this ability. And that's a you know, there's that book we talk about uh, the fact that we love books. Like Damon uh, Damon John, um, the Shark Tank guy, he, uh, the Power of Broke. It's so true because you start to get to the point to where you're like, holy shit, I'm running out of money. And I actually really do want this real estate thing, and I want to keep my podcast going, and I love being a 1099, and I'm never going to go back to a corporate job. So, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, but it is a mentality you get over, and it's like shame on me for even having that mentality of, you know, uh, when I first thought about it, like to, 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 to be like, I don't want to fucking do that shit. Um, but now I'm thinking of it from this from the sense of gratitude, like we talked about at the beginning, like, I texted our friend Ryan today. I'm like, how how great, like how great is it that we have the the opportunity to do this, to be able to be like, you know what, where are we going to find our money? And all we have to do is sign up, and we can just go out. And we're in the third. It's impossible to go broke in this country, dude. We are the we, and we're in Chicago, and we're in Chicago too. Even if it wasn't Uber, like there there's bar backing jobs, there's anything. And like I told my dad, I'm like, dude, I will do I will do anything to make this work because my why is so big. Um, in terms of why I want to do this, like the, the 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 feeling I get when I post when I post things, like for anybody who's listening, and 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 what, again, I'm I'm really not trying to make this about myself. It's just I I think it's helpful content to anybody who's thinking about like starting something. When I post that, um, there's a high from a feeling of seeing your clients when they close on a place, and you know this feeling, Amir, when they get those keys and they have that big smile on their face and they thank you. And they say we couldn't have done this without you, and they mean it. Like there is a giant, especially coming from selling for a phone company where I'm just selling internet. Which again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. But I just didn't feel like I was doing anything. Um, there's just such a high from that, and it just keeps me going. Like I just love the fact that I am actually like sales is hard, and being able to sell something to where I feel like I am really helping someone and making a difference in someone's life is the best. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why uh, when it comes down to it, there's, that's part of the why, but there's, there's other reasons too. Um, but that's why I'm willing to hop in a car and drive people around. And, and I'm fortunate to be able to do that. It's almost like it's, it's just a release. Like I said, it's a freedom to be able to have that mentality of like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever it takes. Um, but you know what? You had mentioned something earlier in the interview to where you had said, hey, uh, the educational system. Uh, is not teaching our youth what it should, and that's a different conversation. I don't think it is a different conversation. I think based on what you've said, I think that's the exact conversation we should have um, because you had mentioned you dropped out of college. You had mentioned that in school you were not really a, the best student. Neither was I. 
Um, I got through college. However, uh, you had mentioned internships, and I was a broadcasting major, and broadcasting is not a very um, difficult major to get through. In fact, I only needed 36 credits for that actual major, and the rest was electives. And so I elected to do internships because I also believe in real-life experience because you gain the most from that, and that's when I decided that, oh, I'm a broadcasting major, but I, 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 I don't want to be a radio DJ. I did the morning radio show. I was an, I was intern Kevin at this morning radio show in Syracuse. Um, but then I saw the sales guys, and I saw like how they would leave the office and come back, and they were always joking around and having fun and making money and everything, and they were wheeling and dealing, and then yeah, it just I connected to that. But I would have never known that unless I did the internships. Um, so I would love more of your take on on just the educational standpoint because you are a very successful person. I mean, you're you're, you're well, I mean, at a guaranteed rate. You're pretty much like the market. Like you you pretty much lead the market in in, in Chicago for that. That's one of the reasons why you moved over there. Um, and you're you're a quote unquote a college dropout to where a lot of kids think that college is going to make or break their career. Yeah. Uh, well, I think. I think we're going to find in the next 10, 20, 30 years, I think school is going to die down, man. I think it's going to be awesome to see these, you know, these schools are just, they're businesses in themselves. They, they, they have billions of dollars in their endowment fund. They have billions of dollars that they've been able to generate. And they just put these kids in so much student loan debt and student loan debt can't be included in a bankruptcy. It's like such a hustle. It's like, you know Cat Williams, that uh, comedian. Oh, dude, I love Cat Williams. Yeah, he has got. I love. He's got this saying where it's so funny. He's like, "So let me get this right. You you pay to go to school to get a job, and then you get a job to pay for school. Hungry, happy, you know? sleepy. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was so dead on. Yeah. I think that you know, man, like school is not for everyone. And I think like right now, I have a 19 year old kid. This kid had a partial academic scholarship to DePaul and he was um, working part-time, number one salesman at T-Mobile out of about eight, 900 kids nationwide. He read my bio, he saw that I dropped out. He, he dropped out, I said, before you drop out, chill out. I said, let's talk, you know? And he's like, Amir, it's just, I just don't like school. I'm gonna be in all this debt. He goes, I just, I'm okay. And I said, so, you know, uh, so sorry, good. Amir, when Go you ahead. say, yeah. when you say, when you say you have this kid, is he on, uh, on your team now or is this someone you're yeah. mentoring? Okay. Yeah. Guarantee rate has this amazing, uh, accelerate program where you can take young mentees, you know, uh, and it's his mentorship program. So, you know, I just think some kids go to college because they want to party and they just want to get away from their parents and all that. And, you know, I just think college at the end of the day is not for everyone. And I think a lot of people need to realize that, what do you really do? Like how many real estate agents went to school for whatever they did and they end up being realtors? Like really? You know, in this day and age, man, like this is such an amazing time because you got YouTube, you got the internet, like you could self-educate yourself. Ultimately it's about, you know, schools, listen, I want to be very careful what I say here is like, I'm not saying that everyone shouldn't go to school, but I don't think necessarily it's what our culture has done and our society has done saying everyone needs to go to school Dude, there's so many small businesses. Entrepreneurship is so attractive right now. Young kids are starting to get smarter that, like, why do I need to have $100,000 in student loan debt? Like, it's just this social pressure of going to college. Like, if you're not good at college, you don't want to do it, go work, you know, but save your money at a very young age and be smart. 
if like if you want to make money and you're in sales like whatever industry you go into ask like who the top producing guys are and what they make and if it makes sense for you to go into that space because dude think about it man like up until the age of 18 we're told everything we're, we're basically under our parents direction like we retire by the time we're 60 65 in most cases we really have 40 years like 40 years is not a long time like we got 40 years to make an impact and to make as much as we can if money is a motivator and make an impact if that's what you want to do and so like going to college having all this debt and then figuring out what we want to do by the time we're 30 like kids are starting to get smarter they're realizing that's not the way to go and i'm not a huge fan of school i'm not i think like the curriculum how we teach kids one one dimensionally like like not everyone learns the same way and so i think i think i think a lot of kids should learn in school system how to sell i think selling is i'm proud to be a salesperson like I want my kids, I want my grandkids to say my grandpa, my dad was a salesperson. Selling is everything. Steve Jobs was the greatest salesperson in this country. The president of the United States is the greatest salesperson. He doesn't use his sales, you know, ethically in some regard, and I'm not going to get political here, but everything is sales. Like even a teacher has to be a great salesperson. I had a plant biology teacher at DePaul. It was my favorite subject because the way he would explain plants to me he would relay it to pop culture he would talk in such a way where i'm like he makes it so interesting he knew how to speak my language he was a salesperson he understood his audience right and so i think we need to learn sales we need to learn money management money is a root that causes people to have lots of trust in their lives we need to understand emotional intelligence these are the skills they should be teaching us now listen Biology, chemistry, algebra, all these classes. It's good because it, it helps our brain make connections. It helps our it helps us how to think, right? These are very important, but they don't need to be 40 minutes. And then don't get me even started on homework. I think homework is the biggest travesty that we have in our school system. Let me tell you why. It breeds that when you go home, you work more. No, you go to school, you learn, you leave school at school. What we're breeding is these kids to grow up and they take their work home and all they're doing is working six days a week. They can't take their mind on stuff. It doesn't teach us how to be focused. You go to school, you do school. You come home, you play sports. Then you step, you invest time with your family, you go to bed, it's a new day. You don't need to go home and do four hours of homework. That makes no sense to me. Well, that's why kids hate school, you know? And, and, yes. and it's funny because you know, you say that you hate school, but you love, I know you, and, and that's one thing that I started the podcast on, you love self-education. Um, yes. So can you clarify the difference, please? Because you love self-educating. Because you're, you're, you're I, dude, dude I, I, I am 100% on board with the whole sales thing. Because unless, unless you were going to be a teacher, okay, at a school, unless you're going to be an accountant, unless you're going to be in the medical field, uh, and help me if there's anything else. But those three things are the main things to where you actually do need to go to school. You have to go to college. You have to get your master's. You have to get your doctorate. Like there's, like those things you have to do. Like we want our doctors to become doctorate. You know what I mean? Like we, they have to go. But unless you're going to do that and you're lost and you're one of those kids who's like me, who was like, well, people said you have a great radio voice, and I'm like, okay, I'll just do broadcasting. 
Um, and that's pretty much what I did. And thankfully I did because it opened up the door to do those internships. Um, but at the same time, if I, I ended up in sales, if I had realized sooner, sooner that I could, you know, jump into a sales career, I would have been able to, and maybe saved a little bit of money. Um, but there's dude, there's so many, that's what I love about audible. What I love about YouTube, there's so many different avenues to have mentors for free and just have different avenues to learn. I've grown so much from just having an Audible account um, because of the fact that I'm able to download these. I've learned so much more from the authors and the YouTube videos and the gurus that are out there for sales than I did in college um, in the past, like, even three years from paying attention to it. Yeah, I think my comments around that is, you know, we should, kids, young kids should be able to ask, or even anyone, they should ask the people that know them well, hey, what do you think I'm really good at? And I think if they ask that, people that really care about them and know that person, they'll give them feedback like, hey, you you, you just have this great voice, like you can be in broadcasting or, you know, you just have this incredible, like, just motivation and drive and, you know, communication skills. You should You should be in sales, like, then from there, these kids should take these things or these grown adults, whatever, whoever, whatever age, you know, there's not enough question asking that people do, that people like, like that people like go through. And it's very sad because people don't ask like, hey, what can I do better? Like, hey, what are my strengths? Or they don't do that like 360 feedback. And we'd be able to just accelerate so much of our success if we were just to ask people like what their feelings are or what their trusted advice is about what our gifts are and then from there you take that one takes that and just starts pursuing that career you know and then they take off as opposed to just like i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna major in psychology and then or then i'm gonna go to law school and then when i'm 34 i'm gonna become a real estate agent or i'm gonna do this like you can figure that out so much sooner you know, and I think at this day and age, this is the best time to be alive, man. Like, this is the best time to be alive. Like, if I want something, I can just Google it. You know, if I want to learn how to be a successful, like, real estate agent, I can just YouTube it. And I think the kids are getting smarter. They're realizing that school is not the go way to go. They're getting fed up by it. And I love that, man. I love that. And I, and I think it's going to be an amazing next 25 50 75 100 years because our young kids are getting smarter and smarter so okay so you have a you know you've you amir you've been running a team for a while now um and also you're connected with a lot of people who run teams as well like the tommy choice of the world what is it that you've seen to where people have failed and succeeded well who have that mentality they get into this business and not even real estate just it's just in general they they decide to go against the norm not necessarily do the cubicle thing and they try it out and then they it doesn't work out or it does like what what i think it would be helpful for people to hear that from someone like you okay so what do you mean specifically so in terms of in terms of somebody who who um who just completely shits the bed on this career um or or okay. tr you know what is it what is it about the person what what are the what, what are the qualities of somebody who fails at being an entrepreneur versus somebody who uh, succeeds Okay, well, I think 
an entrepreneur, like, what you mean is like what working so for like themselves? For, so yeah, so like I, I mean, even for me, so some people even would be like, "Well, well, you, you I've, I've had friends that go, well, you're not an op- entrepreneur, you work for Keller Williams,' and I'm like, I don't work for them. I'm I'm an independent agent, like, you know, I'm trying to make my own business work." Um, so somebody who is embarking on their own journey on the 1099 path, um, mm-hmm. who makes it work like a Tommy Choi, what are the qualities that 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 create someone like Tommy and you, and versus somebody who decides to quit and move on and go back to their W two? Okay, I, I like that. Well, I think. What you're saying is that someone that goes and doesn't have a salary anymore. Correct. Someone who just decides to just drop, yeah, everything and just do their own thing. Yes, they they have to go out there and they have to rain make and they have to generate their own business. Whether that means they're starting a bakery or they're going to be a real estate agent and they're not getting paid a salary. You know, I think it's uh, it takes it takes having faith in life. It's fear versus faith. A lot of people operate off fear the truly successful people operate off faith, right? And so someone like, you know, um, we keep using Tommy and I hope, have you had him on this podcast yet? Uh, I had him on, actually I did, yeah. So he was uh, he was part of an event that we did, the Elite Six. He was one of the Elite Six um, uh, panel um, hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm going to have him and Josh on eventually. They did commit to, to doing it months ago uh, because their story is actually really awesome. Um, and, and guys, I've talked about it before. Those guys would sit in a, a Panera Bread and fill out thank you cards and just like make calls. And they didn't know what it was their first year. They didn't know what the hell was going to, to come from it. But they were just following like this structure that someone told them. And they just believed in it. And eventually it panned out. And there's more to the story than that. But they will be on. Um, and I will, uh, you know, uh, like I had mentioned before, I'm gonna give an intro, and and when when I talk about people who who people don't know, I'll I'll, I'll make sure I, I give Tommy and, and everybody else a an intro to this, so they they know what it you know they they it'll make sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I I I never I never like talking about myself in these situations because it's just it, it, I, I like to I like to use other examples and like so let's use the Tommy like you know his parents were dry cleaners you know so he's learned about the immigrant hustle. And you know he's been able to see what it's like to go open open a business. So he's got a little bit of a head start. But he was at CDW, and never worked for a brokerage. And I think it was like during the worst recession that this country's seen since the Great Depression. I think he opened up his you know became a real estate agent in the late 2000s. You know when everything was just in calamity financially in this country. And you know he left CDW with Josh, and they just opened their own brokerage firm and completely gave up a salary, completely gave up the security. So, you know, when you, when you see his success, I think what is the composition? I think you have to really cut your expenses. You have to sacrifice. You have to really go lean. And I think it takes a lot of faith. And I think ultimately what I mean by faith is a lot of things run on faith, right? So like I'm driving my car and I'm, I'm subconsciously driving on faith that no one's gonna run into me, right? Like I, uh, if I'm a farmer and I'm planting seeds, I'm planting the seed and I'm like, I have faith that if I just take care of the seed and I'm patient, that it will grow. It's nothing is new under the sun. And I think that we have to just lean on that and say, okay, I have to work hard at first and I'm gonna make lots of mistakes, but then I have to start working a little bit smarter. And how I work smarter is I think that's what's gonna dictate the level of success. Like I get on you every so often, I'm like, Kevin, 
I don't want you being Vanna White, like on Wheel of Fortune and just opening doors at open houses. I want you to study. I want you to create processes. I want you to seek other successful people and how they run an open house. And I want you to have a system and I want you to have a process around how you become a successful open house you know, um, agent. That's one part of what you do as a real estate agent to generate businesses So work open houses. Be a master of your craft. Work towards excellence. And, you know, in sports, you play the game, like football on Sundays you play, and then you have game film session on Monday and you have practice. You are a professional business athlete. There's nothing different. So an athlete doesn't just wake up on Sunday and play football. They hit the weight room, they stretch, they have a diet, they get film sessions, they practice, right? They learn all these things to be an all-around player. We are professional business athletes. So what separates these entrepreneurs from, you know, average to good to great is some of the things I just mentioned earlier, having faith, but understanding the technicalities of what they do and they get better week over week, day over day. And how we can accelerate that is going online, searching on YouTube, searching on Google, reading the books, being around people that are more successful than us. And then finding people that are our peers they're on the same level of, as us that are going through the same struggles and then finding people that are a little bit behind us because then we just coach them and it's a win for win because as we teach them, we actually learn better when we're teaching. So it's people that are a little bit below us, people that are equal to us, people that are above us reading and going online and creating systems for ourselves to get better and better. This way we don't just work stupid. You know, we work smarter. And, and it also makes it it also makes the business better. You know what I mean? Like I mean you have you have agents I mean talking talking real estate and, and we're wrapping up now, but uh, uh, just from the real estate standpoint, because we're both in that market, like you know that there are there's still those agents out there that it's all about whose dick is bigger. And excuse me for the, the terminology, <laughs> but it is. It, 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 every time you, you walk into these certain situations and it seems like they feel like they have to try to be the hard ass negotiator, almost like every daughter I've met. You know, I have cousins, I have um, uh, ex girlfriends, and everything who are like, my dad is like a crazy negotiator. Like, watch out when he starts negotiating. And it's like, that's the feeling that a lot of agents have is like, I have to be like a hard ass to negotiate. And it's like, no, 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 we're we're on the same team. We're trying to make a deal happen for our clients. There's no reason to be rude to each other. Just like let's work this out, and the more that agents like come to like that's what I'm trying to approach this business as is like the more that we come in and we try to be ethical and we try to just be great to each other and nice to each other, the better the business will be. It might be slow because there are those agents that are still going to do that no matter what. And it, it again, it's it doesn't have to be real estate; it just comes from any standpoint. But again, it's it, it's just I don't know. Take take the approach of being just a genuine ethical person. Um, you know, I think, well, I think, I think, uh, I had a very hard time with this when I was younger. I would take everything so personally, you know, and I deal with real estate agents all the time. And obviously, as you know, you know, they refer lenders to get home buyers pre-approved. And, you know, I just, most of them, I just don't understand. Like, it's just a lot of ego. It's a lot of lack of loyalty, you know, but it's okay. Because what I say to myself is it's part of the game. It's literally a game that I'm in and I just got to keep my head down and be very kind towards people and just pour into them and lead with a lot of contribution and just 
sharpen my skills and know their business slash your business even better than you know your own business. And I know that ultimately it's such a great city that we live in, six to eight million people live in Chicago, that there's so much opportunity. And if I just wake up every day, lead with gratitude, sharpen my skills, you know, and have grace on people, that at the end of the day, we're all connected by our human consciousness and that people have different things that they're going through. And that ultimately they're very, they're good people. And if I can just be very, you know, um, and, you know, have, have a lot of humility and have them feel like, you know, people are attracted to that. And I think having the patience and the grace, you know, and then not feeding into, you know, some of those situations, they'll be, they'll be like, wow, again, that three letter word, like, who is this guy? Like, I, re- I really, right. really like him. He's not coming back at me. And then it takes a lot. It takes a lot to do that, but it's being mindful of it. And at the end of the day, you know, there's that old saying, like, you know, self-made, like nobody's self-made. Can, I hate that word. Like people are, we, we cannot be successful with other people. And I think you're a very kind human being. You know, I just encourage you to be super sharp with your technique and your process and your systems about how you go around it, being around a lot of successful people, get better day by day in your functions and your affection, effectiveness and your efficiency and being super kind to people. People will open doors for you. Like there are people right now that I don't like as real estate brokers. And I don't open doors for them. And they have no idea that I haven't done that. I just don't. Well, you know people what I love? That I re- you- people that I really like and respect, I open doors for them. And I think when I see these people, I shake their hand. I'm very kind. But in my head, I'm like, you have no idea that I didn't open this door for you because of who you are. But that's they. That's who they are. That's their brand. I know with me, most people are going to open lots of doors for me because I'm kind to them. You know? And... We are shortchanging opportunities for ourselves when we're not loyal and we take advantage of people and we're rude and we forget where we came from because people don't open doors for people behind the scenes. That's a very important lesson I want people to understand. No, it is. And, you know, that's a great point. And what I love about you, dude, is is, is that you'll you'll tell me like you, you had said, if I'm not like on like and again, you, you'll you'll you, you recognize the fact that I'm two years into this thing and you'll you'll tell me if I'm not doing like you you don't hold back you'll be like hey you could be better like well you'll pull me aside and you'll be like hey man you're not doing like you're not working you want to be top level but you're not being top level and I love that about you um and that's what you you look for out of these person you know I'm so sorry to cut you off my I have two favorite verses uh in the bible and they're my two favorite quotes of all time and we mentioned Tommy's name like seven times, you better pay me some royalties for plugging. Oh, he time. better. But, you know, he better. Yeah. He better get me a signed bottle from Conor McGregor of Proper Twelve because that <laughs> yeah, is my exactly. Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I went cool. to I went to Fido and I still didn't meet him. So Tommy Tommy doesn't owe me anything. <laughs> and that's 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 another conversation that that was a lesson of me like learning that I need to network better like Tommy so I can be in a position to meet Conor McGregor. Um, yeah. But I still want a so bottle, listen, Tommy. You will. So listen. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's the story of my life. I was around a lot of good kids. They sharpened me. I barely high school graduate. Where I'm, how, where I'm at, and I, I don't think I'm successful. You know, Kevin. You know, to be put that put out there. I, I have such a long way to go, but I am where I am, and I'm grateful because I've been around a lot of people. But here's my second favorite one: is wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, 
but an enemy multiplies kisses. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't want to be honest with people, but it doesn't help friendships. I had a real estate agent. She's an amazing young woman. She called me. She says, Amir, I have an opportunity to partner up with another realtor. What do you think? And I said, I asked her a few questions and I said, I don't think you should do it. And I went on this like bullet point speech of why she shouldn't. And she said, you know what, Amir? You're the first person that actually asked me the questions and told me not to do it. Four other people were like, yeah, you should do it. Are those really friends? No, people are scared to tell people what they think. And as long as it comes from a good place, I'm really doing you a benefit because I care about you instead of just blowing smoke up your ass. And people, I just, I just, I, I get very, very passionate about this because it's like, it's nothing personal. If you really care about me, tell me what I can do better. Tell me what's going on. I invite it. And even if I don't invite it, you can preface it and say, listen, I care about you. You have a blind spot. Do you mind if I share this with you? Right. And then the other person's most likely, if they're a growth-minded they person, they're going to say, yes, hit me. Yeah. Dude, dude, this is this has been so, this has been so awesome, and that's that's exactly it. That's why when you and and honestly, like people who are listening, sometimes when he will tell me that I'm not doing the, what I should be, I will hang up the phone and I'll be like, God damn it! Like I'll be pissed. I'll be like, Fuck, he's right. Um, and I'll be and, and immediately Amir, I'll be like, Oh, you know, like fuck you. You know, I mean, don't tell me. Don't tell me that, and then and then um, immediately after I'll be like, "But he's right, he's right." Um, and so I want to leave. I want to leave you with two things, man. Um, um, you talked about self education. You you you. The whole episode is about um, how the conventional, like the conventional educational system, is not is not the way that things should go. So I want you to 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 let listeners know where they can go to educate themselves and then also where they can find you because you're the the honestly like when i told you at the beginning i only give them you and don and don is a lawyer don kilabasa um is a real estate attorney he's he's the best you guys are my team and i posted this last week when i had a closing with a client um and i hope you guys feel that way is like you know you are my real estate team and this is the this is the this is what gilcrest realty group is about is making sure that you have the full circle, like full experience to where you there is no problems, um, and there have never been any issues, um, you know, out of your control that that have that have gone through you. Um, so, where where should people go um, in terms of educating themselves, and where can they find you? Um, yeah, you know how you can reach out to me, guys. Is just, you can just really. Amir at rate.com, A-M-I-R at R-A-T-E.com. You can just Google my name. I'm all over there. Um, you know, however you want to reach out. I'm even happy to put my cell phone number on here. 773-447-4788. I don't that's not that's not really the prototypical way of going it. But if you're a young person or if you have any advice or you're down and out, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Um, and then you you said, Kevin, you want one piece of advice? Is that what you said? Yeah, no, just in terms of where can people like, as you were mentioning, like education, like we, we're, me and you are fans of, of Audible. We're fans of just different books. Like we're fans of the fact that you can go on YouTube and learn anything that you fucking want to. So yeah. what would you recommend to, to people who are just looking to like just start working but still want to educate themselves? Because you said you're not a student, but you are. 
Yeah, I became a student. I read the book, The Compound Effect, a long time ago. And I was never a reader growing up. And now I take down almost, you know, two books a month because I started to realize the power in learning that, man, I can actually make freaking $10 million a year if I wanted to. I have access to all these things. But it's all about applying it. You know, learning is one thing, but it's the execution piece, which is the hardest part people have. But I just thought, wow, like this book just taught me a lot. I paid for, I, I'm paying for coaching and I'm like, I can really accelerate what I'm doing in life by getting this type of knowledge and implementing it with things that I really love doing. Like if I wanted to like learn about accounting, like I'm not going to implement that. I don't like accounting, you know, like that's not my, that's not what I'm good at. I don't want to do that. It's not my gift. So I think first off, everyone should be able to ask three to five people in their network that they trust what they feel those people's perceptive of them of their gifts are find out from the people that care about you what your gifts are find out what your gifts are not really help uh, study yourself and the feedback from other people once you determine that really dive into that industry go on youtube seek out mentors right um get the right books go to the library and just start getting a rhythm around yourself of just learning through more successful people podcasts are out there youtube is out there that's just my advice man and be an implementer like don't go to events that went door to door four hours and you learned all these things and like you didn't implement anything be an excellent person in execution that's the biggest thing that i'll say is be an implementer kevin i can't stress that enough it's people are not doers man they're just they just they just not and i think that's what's going to separate people from learning and being successful is actually doing one thing and implementing things that they're learning. It is, guys, and that's a Amir. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been such a this has been such a good episode. I feel like this is probably one of the. Are best we going ones triple platinum, baby? Oh my god, dude! We might be going Come triple platinum. Let's go! Let's go! Listen, when um, you become a billionaire and you got three commas in your bank account, don't forget where you came from, man. I don't won't forget, forget about it. the little old person uh, guy, man. Guys, listen, like this is uh, the reason I started this podcast was because I was at a point. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard it before. Um, but but I'll tell you again, uh, I was at a point where I was in a, I was lost. Uh, you know, I, I, I had this terrible breakup. Uh, I was not happy with my career. I was just looking for for something. And I came across Grant Cardone. I came across Gary Vee. And Gary Vee would say, you know what? If you're looking to do something, just fucking do it, buy the equipment, and start. And so when I heard a video that was similar to that, I just went on Amazon and I bought the microphones and I just started. And now I'm on episode 33. And I have people who are uh, who are messaging me who I don't have any idea who they are. And they're saying that they love the podcast. And things are starting to pick up, and now I'm an agent, and I'm a you know I'm just a full blown 1099. Like I'm I'm creating my own you know whatever. Like I'm I I I I'm making things work, so you can do it too. Um, guys, just you know you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on SoundCloud. I'm working on Spotify and other platforms, but please subscribe. Please leave comments. I was waiting on the right side. Oh, yeah. Please leave comments and, uh, you know, whatever. If you have any suggestions on guests and everything, too, please let me know. Uh, but this is episode 33. Thank you for joining us.